the idea was to pitch these these airline decision makers and we will be making a lot of a lot of money out of it and because the company was having a very solid background the idea was also very interesting no doubt and we decided uh, initially we we resisted a bit but we i i decided okay let's take the risk and uh, let's see how it goes although we are not taking such such products or such clients hello fellow risk takers and welcome to my worst investment ever stories of loss to keep you winning in our community we know that to win in investing you must take risk but to win big you've got to reduce it to join our community go to myworstinvestmentever.com and receive the following five free benefits First, you get the risk reduction checklist I created from the lessons I've learned from all of my guests. Second, you get my weekly email to help you increase your investment return. Third, you get a 25% discount on all A Stats Academy courses. Fourth, you get access to our Facebook community to get to know guests and fellow listeners and finally, you get my curated list of the top 10 podcast episodes fellow risk takers. This is your worst podcast host Andrew Stats from A Stats Academy. and I'm here with featured guests Furquan Aziz Furquan are you ready to rock I am uh, absolutely ready thank you so much for having me here today I am really excited to get you on I love your energy so far and I'm looking forward to learning more but let me introduce you to the audience Furquan Aziz is the CEO of Invozone a software development company that specializes in resource augmentation He has over 10 years of experience in the IT industry and specializes in architecting concurrent, distributed, fault-tolerant, scalable applications. My goodness, take a minute and fill in any further tidbits about your life and explain what that business does. All right, so if we talk about Invozone in in its, its business, it is something in in a very simple word, developing the software applications for businesses for the world to automate some stuff that can reduce the human effort human energy and can give you much better than what a human can give you for example if we talk about tesla and then you see that how tesla is acquiring a lot of stuff a human less car in and if we talk about uber and cream and uber like a ride hailing service who can imagine in 10 years or 20 years back that something will come like this and and taxis and and the traditional yellow cab and all that will be gone away altogether and just imagine a mobile application in in your mobile and and how useful that is for you just like a podcast podcasting applications so these are the couple of examples and if we talk about invozone invozone do work with the variety of the industry like fintech fintech is the biggest thing mm-hmm. we are working with because financial institutes like banking sector insurance firms and, and other the cyber security and and you know cryptocurrency related stuff is is very popular at edinburgh right now and related to healthcare healthcare became number one at, at our house during covid prior to that it was just like you can say on the second tier but now it is the number one and we are working a lot on data privacy and data security you know hipaa compliance stuff and then if we talk about the hipaa compliance these days the data of the healthcare industry is is much more precious and secure as compared to fintech even even mm. fintech data is not that secure if we talk about that 
And the third level is e-commerce. And, and we have seen that with the rise of the COVID, e-commerce domain is now billions of the domain, you can say. Mm. And people are trying to put their businesses on the digital market. And, and they, they are not relying on their physical stores even. Even the, like the people having very great running physical stores are losing and they are now trying to put some e-commerce stores or marketplace and something like that. And even as a user, now I am getting four to five orders on the, on the daily basis that I used to drive my car and, and then going to some shopping mall and something like that and then gathering things. And I was investing my time. I was investing on the fuel on my car and I was paying the parking ticket. I, I don't have to pay for anything. I simply mm. go and, and the very interesting thing, you know, when I go to the shopping mall, I cannot compare the prices and get pick the best one with the cheapest one. But on the online, I can do that now. So these are the all stuff that InvoZone empowers. So InvoZone is having little, little like easy model, but we do, for example, you bought an idea of doing some mobile application for you or for your business or desktop application or, or something, whatever you are thinking about. You just connect with InvoZone, ask InvoZone to get the development done and InvoZone will dedicate a team for you who will be working for you like 40 hours a week or something like that. And by the end of every week, we'll be delivering a milestone. And by the end of the whole project, we will give you a final product. So mm. the very interesting thing about like people ask us, okay, what is different about InvoZone and other companies? Why we should like, why, what is different and what is special? We tell them the delivery ratio. In the IT industry, the people who knows, I, I have heard a lot of people in your podcast who lost a lot of money in the IT, IT application and stuff, and they've been conned by the IT companies a bit. But the point here is when I am as a provider, as a service provider, delivering you some portion of the application every week, mm-hmm. the things are continuing or gradually proceeding toward a goal, proceeding toward an end. And definitely, if I am adding some portion or some part or completing some part of the application every week, it means I will reach the end by the time we have decided. And most of the failures in the IT industry are because the commitment of the project is done by the three months or four months or six months like that. And after six months, you come to the IT company and ask them, okay, where is my product? And you don't know where that is. And yeah, that is something uh, different about Invozone. I know I've been a little more deep and explanatory, but I wanted to like share what's been going on here. Right. And for the listener out there, I have all the links in the show notes. So if you're thinking about an app, you're thinking about outsourcing some work related to applications and other software, contact Furquan and see what you can find out. Well, now it's time to share your worst investment ever. And since no one goes into their worst investment thinking it will be, Tell us a bit about the circumstances leading up to it and then tell us your story. All right. This is the difficult but the most exciting part of the podcast, no doubt. Since we are a service provider company, we provide the development services to the companies or to the businesses or to the investors. We usually get some investors or some entrepreneurs not having the investment in their hand, but having a very great idea having a very great instruction, having a great plan of some mobile application or desktop application or some software or some SaaS-based application that can make millions out of what they, they actually have in their mind. So they come to us and they ask us, okay, let's partner together 
we have this idea you have human power we can join together i don't have money to pay you but i have shares to give you or you can of course be become a partner and then we will be successful we will be sharing the success definitely and this is the projection of the whole plan today we are 1 million and after let's say 5 years we will be 10 billion or something like that what are the, the numbers are but i i don't have the money to pay you but eventually as a business owner i have to pay salaries and another cost to my employees because they are not the partner of that definitely the uh, venture so this is very normal very common practice and we normally do not get involved into this kind of stories because uh, no you know if i will be a friend with an investor without a money then i cannot feed my developers i cannot feed my employees definitely mm-hmm. so we never normally did, uh, go into the but in 2018 we met with a company and their background was very very solid i don't want to disclose their name but they were mm-hmm. providing a big software already they were they were providing a big software to airline companies it is called ide internet booking engine whenever you try to book an airline ticket you go to any airline website and then when you put your destination and put your dates for the flight details or flight search all the processing is happening behind the scene on an internet booking engine and this ide is a very complex software in the it world and internet booking engine was what they were providing to 12 very big airlines and one of them was emirate airline from dubai so they were providing this internet booking engine and then they were having a very solid background they came to us with a very very you can say generous idea and the idea was they said they have a lot of data from these 12 airlines let's say past 10 years of data and they want to build a big data product where they will utilize that 10 years of the data and give some analytics to the to the decision makers airline decision makers about for example the route between kuala lumpur to singapore is the most profitable route or mm-hmm. the flight going from one place to another place at 10 am is making more money as compared to a flight going at 10:30 or something like that and on the basis of that that analytics or that you know this is just a nutshell i'm just telling but this was a very big idea in, in real and the idea was to pitch these these airline decision makers and we will be making a lot of a lot of money out of it and because the company was having a very solid background the idea was also very interesting no doubt and we decided uh, initially we we resisted a bit but we i i decided okay let's take the risk and uh, let's see how it goes although we are not taking such such products or such clients and they don't have money they have shares a pretty handsome shares they are offering to us and then we just need to do the development they will present it to the airline the cn makers and they will buy it and then we will be in money and we will be you know like how the can retire is. yeah exactly like that and i i will be on on a, on a beach might be bali or somewhere and then spending my rest of the life here and, and like that also this was the exciting part and then we started the development and after 6 months or so we prepared our demo or proof of concept and then we demonstrated it to the airline decision makers and airline decision makers were okayish at that moment but they said okay this is kind of 10% or 20% of what we can think of will be a useful product for us 
this is like 10% or 20%. And if you can add this and add that and then like add 10 features more into this product, then we might be able to buy this product. And then we again sat down together with the company I'm talking about, who was a partner with us. And we sat down and then we, we did a chat. Okay, these 10 features, okay, six months more. Let's just put more investment and let's put more, more effort. Okay, so I can point out, this is, the, this is the second point where we did another mistake, or I can say to support our first mistake, we did another mistake now. Mm. Okay, we again spent another six months and we went to the airline company. Now airline company said, okay, now you came to us, but we need five features more to make our, our executives to put the funding on, on this product. And then, okay, again, three months more. And after three months, eventually world hit the COVID. Plans mm. were grounded. No, they were not making any money. They were not giving any money to anyone else. And what happened? The product went into a scrap yard altogether. And the money invested, the time invested, and the resources invested all went into, you can say, dustbin in other words, because the product is still in, in a scrap yard. And the time when I came to know that, that this product is not, at least for two years or three years, is not sellable. So you can say that I was in, in a, such in a huge shock that I could not help myself for, for a couple of days, at mm-hmm. least. I was losing my, like you can say, senses because it was millions of dollars that I invested on that product. And my, my dreams and emotions were attached, actually. So when you say uh, money is definitely a parameter to success, but emotions of, or, you know, when, when you are attached to something, because airline industry is uh, was actually a prime or golden industry, and it still is is golden industry. Without airlines, people are disconnected across the borders. So mm. it is a necessary component of, of the human life right now. Can you remember like the worst moment when you realized it was all gone? All right, so when I came to know that it is all gone, so I was, since I'm, I'm a young blood, uh, so thankful, uh, thankfully I did not went into any physical trauma, like something like mm-hmm. that, but I was, I was sweating altogether. I, each core of my body was having a water drop or speed drop, and then you can say I was not ready to listen anything. I was not ready to, like even somebody, if somebody was saying something, I was, I was blank because mm. my, my processor, my brain was processing something else altogether. And it was trying to, trying to connect the dots. Okay, there I started, but am I, but it was the first mistake. And then how I processed it further. And even if, okay, I was trying to curse the COVID, but still that is a natural factor as, a, as an entrepreneur, as a business owner or as an investor, you have to keep all things in your matrix before mm. making a decision. Yep. Okay. Well, let me maybe share a few things that, that I was thinking about as you went through that. First of all, let's talk about the risks related to COVID or, as you said, natural factors. The reality is, is that in life and in business, there's all kinds of risks. There's all kinds of mistakes. And you will pay the price. There's just... <laughs> It's, you know, the first objective is to try to reduce our risk, but you can never reduce it completely. And so, you know, I think when we go into business and stuff, we oftentimes just look at the upside. 
But here you're helping us to remember, we always got to look at many different downsides. The second thing is, you know, I can, I can relate and I'm sure the listeners can relate to that feeling when the sweat just comes out of every pore of your body and you feel all of a sudden there's this fear, this scared moment that it's all lost. And that, I think everybody can really relate to that feeling. The other thing is that you also highlighted, you know, that money is one part of business, but emotion is another part. And a lot of people who aren't on the entrepreneur, entrepreneurial roller coaster, no big deal. You just have a tough day at the office, you go back home, you relax, and then you go back the next day and you do the best that you can. But for an entrepreneur, you go through a maddening roller coaster of how do I take care of my staff? How do I get this job? How do I get the cash out of it? And all of that. And then the other thing, you know, there's one last thing that it made me think about. And that is, I remember I was in Hong Kong and I listened to a speech by a guy. He was from New York and he was explaining about how they had used, spent maybe $50 million to develop an AI model that read all of the information coming out about companies. And they looked for words like default. And it was these types of words, bankruptcy, default. And they used those words to try to predict whether a company would go bankrupt. And then they would basically come up with some idea like this company is close to bankruptcy and therefore they would advise investors to get out of that company. And I listened to the whole presentation. It was very impressive, very impressive. But I raised my hand at the end and I said, I have a question for you. In 1960, maybe 1970, there was a something called the Altman Z-score developed by a guy named Altman. And basically it was just a simple measure of, you know, how much debt does a company have? What's the market capitalization of the company? What's the interest burden? Just a few different things. I think it was like five variables that were in there. And he basically said, if you could combine these five variables into a score, you could pretty much predict bankruptcy. So I said, he knew what the Altman Z-score was. And I asked him, so tell me, there's already this methods already out there, the Altman Z-score. How much better is your $50 million solution? And he looked at me and he just put his fingers like this. He said, just a little bit better. And it really made me think about, you know, when you're developing software, when you're developing ideas, you've got to make sure that they're a big bit better. Otherwise, the airlines in this case or others will end up just reverting to what they're doing and you can't convince people that this is miles better so it just made me think of that is there anything else that you would add to my feedback on your story well yeah you absolutely added a lot great points about when when you have to make it a lot better to convince someone to put money or whatever you are asking for them to into your solution and to buy it and definitely if they have something similar or if they are doing it manually with least cost why they will come to you and buy it just because like you are making a small problem like if you are trying to solve a small problem for a lot of money yes that is a very valid point you you raised and then this is something that like the crux of the whole story yeah and um it's also interesting because for the listeners out there as you're thinking about problems to solve you know make sure that you're working on problems that that have a value to them you know, if you're doing it for profit, if you're doing it for business. So let me ask you, 
what were the lessons that you learned? How would you describe the lessons that you learned from this story? All right, so uh, number one lesson was you should not deviate from whatever you are doing as a core business or core business model or value unless you are really ready for something to, uh, like, you shouldn't be keeping it in, in mind that this is new thing for us. We have not tried this before. Mm. This is the first thing that we are going to, like, do first time. And chances of failure are pretty high. Don't set your expectations a lot. Like, if you will say, okay, 90% success and 10% are margins for the failures, no, this is absolutely wrong. Even if mm. you are very successful in, in your core business, the core business is pretty different from whatever you are going to do. So since we are providing, we were providing software development services, it does not mean that we can start building a product with having a joint venture with some, some investor, some uh, entrepreneur or, or, or someone who is just having an idea, number one. And number two, the market research that actually relates to your point of adding enough value to something. So the market research is something that you should do by yourself rather than relying on a company or on something else, someone else. For example, if someone come to me and, and ask, okay, this is the idea and this is my projection and this is something that I am envisioning and I'm sure because I'm in this industry since 10 years or so, I'm sure we can achieve that or something. So rather than blindly trusting on them or not completely doing the validation of, of that projection, it is something that we did as a mistake. We didn't went to the airline decision makers before even starting the product. We didn't ask them, okay, what exactly you might, what exactly will be convincing for you to put the money in, in such kind of system? Either you are ready for such thing or not at all. Might be they are not ready. They were not ready or they this is not a, a solution for any of their problem. But we were depending on a third person, a third company who was actually in, in the industry. And, and the only convincing point for us that since we are in the industry since 10 years and, and very successful with their current product, it's mean they know everything. So which was another mistake and we learned the hard way. And the hmm. third thing is you should fail fast. And then we have heard it a lot. You should not keep supporting your mistake by making another mistake and you should fail fast as soon as you realize that this is not gonna work the way we are we were thinking or we were like trying to make it just quit that or it might be okay one another thing we got in the middle while we were, we were demoing this one person from one airline asked us okay what if i acquire your solution rather than buying it or rather than subscribing it but if I acquire with a reasonable, not very huge money, but with a reasonable amount, I can acquire it. But we refused because our projections were saying something insane. And, and his, his like offering was very near to what we had invested at that time. So it was just, you can say, a cost or break-even thing. So we were just recovering the cost. And, but we refused to sell the solution or acquisition because, because of predictions and all that. So the last lesson that I learned is you should not wait for the golden moment or you should not wait for the bright moment if things are not working well. Just cash out whatever you can at that time. And yep. Acquisitions are not bad all the time. Sometimes they are good for you. Mm. And, you know, if I summarize that, first thing I think about is, you know, do your research. That's the first thing. The next thing is about what we, in the finance world, we call it sizing your position. 
if you know that you're taking a big risk by doing something you don't normally do, only only put maybe 5% of your resources to it and then slowly build up. The third thing that you made me think about is the idea of monitoring the investment. You started this podcast by saying one of the things that you do with clients is that you have deliverables on a weekly basis that you're delivering. And, you know, I can see now why you see how important that is because that wasn't happening in this case. So let me ask you, based upon what you learned from this story and what you continue to learn, what one action would you recommend our listeners take when that man or woman walks in with that great idea? What one action would you recommend them to take to avoid suffering the same fate? So uh, I guess the validation of the idea by doing an extensive research should be the very important thing for everyone to clear uh, the, the situation of that idea. Like, do not rely on anyone who is presenting the idea because mm. he, no matter how expert he is in that domain, how long he's been working in that domain, but he is also a human being and he might have exaggerated something because of emotions of like, you know, again, because he is inventing or he is going to bring up something new to the world. Mm. He is also excited. The excitement makes someone, you know, uh, you cannot predict everything very well. The numbers yeah. can be exaggerated very easily when excitement is. So you cannot rely on, on that person because the numbers can be exaggerated or statistics can be exaggerated or idea even can be exaggerated altogether. So whenever someone comes to you with an idea, with a plan, with, a, with, with whatever research he has done so far, try to validate it by yourself and do an extensive research before saying yes or no yep. to that, that idea. And I would add in one thing that I learned from a friend of mine who he created software to run hospitals. And he basically partnered with one hospital and he set up his office right next to that hospital. And he made it such that the hospital was had some investment in it, but he had the majority. But they really wanted to see it work. And it allowed him to test his ideas every day. As he was developing the software, he could take it and see a doctor and say, how difficult would it be for you to key this in? Uh, what would be the problem with this? He was constantly validating. And in your case, when you're looking at you know this type of thing, finding one airline that would give a little resources to say, I would like to come and meet with you on a weekly basis or you know, every two weeks or every month to review what we've got and see, get your feedback. So I love the idea of validate, validate, validate. All right, last question. What's your number one goal for the next 12 months? All right, so number one goal of my next 12 months to make another similar mistake. I don't want to say mistake, by the way, but try to build another product this time, but avoiding all those things that I did with the first experience. So as everyone knows that losing investment can be the great teacher and you learn from every investment mistake you made. So whatever I have, I have learned, I want to reiterate that. I want to bring those things in, into practice and then try to build another product. But this time I want to hit might be healthcare industry that is in, in like on the top of my mind right now. And mm. specifically after how world has suffered with COVID and how uh, like how insufficient resources we have on the healthcare side is actually itching me to 
jump into this domain. And of course, as we spoke earlier, that money is one factor, but emotions are the also main factor where we can say, so the next goal for me is to build a healthier product that can serve to a bigger community and can make more impact to the community. Fantastic. Well, listeners, there you have it. Another story of loss to keep you winning. My number one goal for the next 12 months is to help you, my listener, reduce risk and increase return in your life. To achieve this, I've created our community at myworstinvestmentever.com, and I look forward to seeing you there. As we conclude, Furquan, I want to thank you again for coming on the show. And on behalf of ASTOTS Academy, I hereby award you alumni status for turning your worst investment ever into your best teaching moment. Do you have any parting words for the audience? It was a very great time I spent with you and the audience. I'm sure I am connected with them and they are connected with me as well while listening to this short podcast. I would love to keep learning a lot more from your next episodes and I'm sure I have contributed enough and I, will, I, will, I would love to contribute more via our blog, it was on blogs or some other places as well. Fantastic. Well, we all appreciate, you know, Furquan, I asked many people to come on the show and many of them say no. One guy said to me, interesting idea, not my style. Many people are not willing to talk about the worst investments and the challenges. So my hat's off to you for sharing and contributing to our community. And I appreciate you as a listener also. And that's a wrap on another great story to help us create, grow, and protect our well fellow risk takers. This is your worst podcast host, Andrew Stott, saying, I'll see you on the upside.